Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Hi, this is Mark Miller with OWASP 24-7. Today I'm talking with Fabio Cerullo, who is OWASP Global Board Member, but in addition he's the project lead on the Summer Code Sprint 2015 that started up this week. Uh, good morning. How are you doing, Fabio? Hey, Mark. Very good. Delighted to be here. I saw a message come through even this morning that uh, you have now picked the people for Summer of Code. Yes. So we finally picked the, the best proposals, and now they are working away. And we have eight students working on various uh, OS projects. So that's going to be two busy months for them. For the people listening to the broadcast that aren't aware of what the Summer Code Sprint is, give us an overview what it is. Summer of Code Sprint, uh, it's an initiative that we are working together with the OWAS project leaders. And the intention is to sort of cre create a sense of community with universities and academic institutions. So we sort of provide incentives to students to work on OWAS projects and those students who participate and they're successful. Uh, after the program is finished, they will uh, receive a monetary contribution of uh, $1,500. Uh, I had heard something, too, that there's a Google project that started with this. Were you affiliated with that? Uh, yes, we sort of uh, we kicked off the OWASP Google Summer of Code back in 2012. So at the time was, you know, it was our first attempt at participating. Google do this like on a massive scale. They, they organized what's called the Google Summer of Code for, say, 150 organizations every year. Uh, we participated the first time in 2012. We, ha we, we have a few slots. The slots is like the amount of students that could participate. Um, so we got a few slots in 2012, uh, so a couple of OS projects participated, and then in 2013, a few more slots, and 2014, uh, we got like 16 slots, uh, so there were like actually 16 students working with um, OS projects and mentors. Uh, the mentors are the project leaders who will help the student across the process. Um, so it was massive. Last last year was massive, and and this year, we we made a twist to the actual program. We are um, actually funding, like the foundation is uh, funding this initiative, um, and we are you know following a similar process, but it's mainly managed by the OWAS Foundation. You've got eight students selected here, which means if all the students complete their part of the project, you yes. will allocate $12,000. Where did that money come from? Well, we, we got um, a sort of a board decision, uh, and we actually approved that funding uh, to be used in this initiative. So 
the, the foundation is heavily committed to, uh, you know, engaging with universities and academic institutions. And this is one of the sort of reasons on how we're doing it. How large do you see this growing in the future? It's starting to take off a little bit. Do you see it getting much larger? Well, um, I was talking with Claudia. Claudia is the project coordinator, as you probably know. Uh, she has been helping a lot. We have been actively working together in, in these few weeks uh, before the actual selection. So first we receive the proposals and then we ask the mentors or project leaders to rank those proposals. Uh, and then the best ones are the ones that are, you know, have been announced uh, today. So in the whole process, uh, Claudia um, helped me uh, a lot. Um, my intention is that this becomes like a, a regular initiative. Um, last year, we did a, what's called a winter code sprint. Um, that it was, uh, there were no monetary sort of um, contribution to it. Uh, but this year, we thought, okay, let's try to make it, you know, with a, with a bit of a, a sort of a bigger impact to the student um, because it's during the summertime. So they are free or they have free time. They are not studying so they could work and, you know, and code something for all of us. Uh, I was talking with uh, Claudia a couple of days ago and she said, well, actually, uh, some students are already asking for the winter code sprint. <laughs> and if we're going to follow a similar model as the summer code sprint. So it's something in the works. We'll, we'll see at the end of the summer code sprint, we'll see how it went. And, and then we'll decide whether uh, we're going to do the winter code sprint or if we make it you know, bigger um, in terms of funding, etc. So... Did the offer of money change the quality of the people that wanted to participate? I think it does to a certain extent because the the students could pick whether this is sort of like a, a full time job. So the projects or the proposals that the mentors are interested in is not something that you could do like in, in a few hours of your time. This involves like a significant uh, you know, investment and like it's like we are sort of guaranteeing that if the students are committed, the mentors are committed as well. And at the end of the process, we'll have an improvement in, in quality or functionality, etc., for for an OWAS project. Um, so I, I I think it does. Uh, it's very difficult to measure it at the moment because this is the first run but we'll see at the end of the at the end of the summer code sprint we'll, we'll be able to measure that we've got four projects selected here let's walk through those four what do we expect to accomplish specifically with the owtf projects um well the there are a couple of proposals the the students uh, submitted proposals based on the mentor's ideas. So there is a web page that has been set up by uh, Claudia and the rest of the project leaders that is called Summer Code Sprint. So you could go to the OWAS wiki and search for Summer Code Sprint 2015 
and you will get all the details on you know how it works and the time plan etc but at the end of the, of the of that page there is like an ideas section and in there those ideas have been sort of proposed by the mentors so you have a couple of OWTF ideas that is mainly that these are ideas that the mentors or the project leaders would like to see implemented in their own projects. So, for example, there is a health monitor for OWTF or like a testing framework improvements. So these are things that they, they want to see accomplished. So based on these ideas, the actual students make a proposal and that's the proposal that is scored by the mentors. So the OWTF mentors receive a, a bunch of proposals by students saying, okay, these are my ideas. They score them accordingly, um, and then they pick their best three. Um, those are the ones that are going to be uh, progressing the next two months. The four projects we're looking at are the OWTF projects, the Hackademic project, the App Sensor, and the Seraphim Droid projects. Correct. My question would be, we have around uh, 80 or so projects in the works in OWASP, and yet we're only seeing four here. What determines whether a project participates in this or not? Um, any project is uh, welcome to participate. Um, so some of these projects, they already have the experience of having participated in previous years. Uh, so OWTF, AppSense, or uh, Hackadem, they, all of them, they have participated in previous years, so they know the dynamics. Um, and the, in terms of the criteria, what we usually ask for is, say you have a bunch of you know, proposals and you score them, and say you want two proposals selected, you, so you want two slots. Uh, we don't have infinite, an infinite number of slots. So what we need to do is come up with like a sort of scoring. Uh, and that scoring, like in the, this year, each project was responsible for scoring their own proposals. Um, so you come up with, say, the top two. And those top two, the only requirement for the sort of project is that they need to have a list two mentors per student. So that means two mentors per slot. And the reason we are asking that is because we want um, students to have, you know, someone, you know, almost all the time looking after them. And if, for example, if you have just a single mentor, that becomes a bit tr uh, tricky because, um, you know, you might get sick or you don't have time, etc. So that's basically the only requirement um, other than the funding that also was limited to eight slots. Right now, coding started yesterday and then you've got midterm evaluations on August 3rd through the 7th. Yes. What happens after that, after midterm? Do the, are the project leaders evaluating what has been done before and then guiding them as mentors yes. for the second half? Yes, that's correct. So what happens is they evaluated the proposal based on the input from the students. So at the midterm, they're going to evaluate the progress 
uh, up to that point. And if the mentor or mentors are not satisfied with the student, that's the end of the road for the student, at least for this year. Uh, so it's, that's, that, that, you know, going back to your point uh, of commitment and, you know, I think that's important because we, by doing the midterm evaluation, we are guaranteeing that there is some progress being made. Um, and at that point, if the student fails, they get like uh, half of the, half, you know, half of the fees. So they will get $750 and that's it. We shake hands and we say, okay, let's participate in, in, the, in the next occasion. Uh, and those who, you know, those who pass, they go into the second term, um, which wraps up around August 28th. It's interesting to me that with money on the table, it almost sounds like it becomes a commercial project. How are you getting around that concept? I honestly don't see it as a commercial project. Like all the software that has been developed, uh, or that is going to be developed, and this applies to the Google Summer of Code as well. <laughs> it's open source with an open source license, so everything is open. Um, it's it's more around the, the the so the monetary incentive is more around having the commitment from students working during uh, you know part of the year. That's it. It's interesting for me in that when money becomes part of the equation, it does change the dynamic of a project. Are you finding that at all? Uh, not really. Uh, <clears throat> we we have been doing this, you know, as mentioned before, with, with Google in the last few years. And nothing changed. I will actually say the contrary, that they are, they, 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 some of the... Projects have improved significantly, like uh, thanks to this involvement with the universities. Like my focus is around getting students engaged with OWAS, not you know selling or doing any commercial activities around the projects. Like we, we as foundation, we don't see any money at all like it's basically money that goes through you know through always to the hands of the students it's interesting that when i have put together volunteer projects and i found some people that were really really good and i offered them money say i really like what you're doing can i give you some money here to keep you going on the project most of them have turned it down and said, if, I, if it's not volunteer anymore, it starts to feel like a job. Okay, we'll put it the other, the, the other way around. Like, some of the students never heard of OWAS until they are involved with Summer Code Sprint or Google Summer of Code, etc. After that, what happens is, this is for a period of time, right? So we're talking about two months in this case. After the two months, most of the students, they are still hooked and they keep coding and doing some volunteer work for OWAS. So most of the sort of students that started this as a sort of a one-off initiative then become volunteers for the various projects. In order to grow this project, Fabio, one of the thoughts that I have is 
how do we get other projects to become involved? Meaning, you've got four projects here, and, and as you said earlier, most of these four are even repeat projects. Yeah. What's the incentive for a project to become involved? Evidently, what we're doing isn't strong enough for most. I think the, the, the tricky part for a project leader uh, is to have like a, a clear roadmap of where they want their project to be. So, for example, if, if, if you look at those ideas we were talking about earlier, uh, you need to know what you want in the product. You need to, you need to understand what you want in, the, in your particular project so you could come up with ideas. So those ideas then are sort of brainstormed by the students and they could come up with proposals on how to solve that particular situation or how they could code that particular functionality into your project so i think it is more around and and i seen like um that coming up with a, that list of ideas for your own project sometimes it's challenging um but i think once you have that list of ideas and that the students could look at them and come up with their own ideas or their own proposals that's it that's that's the magic <laughs> that's where the students see because the the, the problem with um you know projects not participating is the following say i'm a student right i go to OWASP and i look at OWASP summer code sprint and i go to the to the wiki page and although the project is open or this initiative is open to all OWASP projects i go to this list of ideas and i only see four five projects that are participating those are the four or five projects that I will be interested in, you know, uh, working with because they come up with ideas. So I could build on those ideas. What about documentation projects? As I talk to Joanna Curiel once, uh, once or twice a month, we talk about the difference between coding projects and documentation projects. Is there a possibility that a documentation project could be part of this? Well, we don't want to be too sort of disruptive or inventive in summer code sprint. We, we sort of use a model that was quite similar, like Google Summer of Code is around coding. So the students code. Uh, in this case, summer code sprint is around coding. There is a different initiative um, that obviously, you know, we have enough volunteers Although was we could run, uh, and it's sort of like a, a, a instead of a coding sprint will be like a documentation sprint, and there's nothing stopping us from doing it. But the thing is, we didn't want to mix coding and documentation for this particular uh, initiative because we're sort of following a model that we already knew. Um, but yeah, we could do it. <laughs> How can people follow the Summer of Code Sprint right now? They listen to the broadcast. They say, this sounds interesting. Is there yeah. a daily update somewhere? How do they find out what's going on? Yeah, if you go into that uh, wiki page, um, there is a mailing list um, that you could just sign up. 
and you will receive uh, news and updates around this initiative. And say, if in a couple of months' time we decide to do the winter cold spring, you will get an update as well. So that would be the easiest way to get updates. I've been talking with Fabio Cerullo, the project lead on the Summer of Code Sprint for 2015. Thank you, Fabio. Sounds like an exciting project that we can follow along. Thank you, Mark. A pleasure to be a part of the podcast. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. 